the title of this class, we're going to be talking about godly ambition. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Chelsea Novak. My husband and I have been doing um, campus ministry for about seven years with the New York City Church. And um, I've been a disciple for 13 years. So I'm so excited to get to be here and share with you guys a little bit about having godly ambition. So this class just, you know, most of it is geared towards campus ministry just because that's what I do. But, you know, if that's not what you, I'm sure you could pull things out of it if you're doing a different yeah, ministry. So I'm just going to read in Romans 15 verse 20. This is Paul here and it says, It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. So we want to be ambitious about preaching the gospel. Amen? Amen. And if you're in this class this morning, it's because you either already are a leader in the kingdom or because you desire to be. And today we're going to look at the greatest leader of all time, Jesus. Jesus had the greatest godly ambition of all time. And we can see in Jesus what a life of someone with godly ambition looks like. How they spend their time, what they focus on. Anything we need to be doing if we want to have godly ambition can be found in our man, Jesus. So turn over to Mark 1. And we're just going to kind of go through a couple days in the life of Jesus and what he did and how he had godly ambition. So I have 10 characteristics for you this morning of Jesus that show his godly ambition. So number one, the first characteristic of Jesus is Jesus is a pace setter. Look over in Mark 1 and verse 9. It says, at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And the voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. So number one characteristic of Jesus that shows godly ambition is that Jesus was a pace setter. And you know, here Jesus is getting baptized by John the Baptist. And what really stands out to me here is Jesus' willingness to set an example. Yeah. Jesus didn't have sin, didn't need to be baptized, but he knew the importance in setting an example as a leader. He was willing to set the pace for others to follow. And that's really important for all of us if we want to be a leader in the kingdom. Yeah. How is your personal example going? How are you doing with your quiet times? How are you doing sharing your faith? How are you doing being personally fruitful, personally helping someone come to know Jesus? How are you doing with confessing sins? How are you doing with repenting? You know, I, um, the class I just taught for the campus women, I taught for um, our, my women in New York last Friday night. And Satan was just attacking me all week with like all sorts of crazy thoughts, specifically like crazy impure thoughts. And, you know, I was like, I can't preach a lesson like this unless I'm practicing what I'm going to preach about. So I had to call on the way to my lesson to confess some of my crazy thoughts. You know, but that's what we have to do as leaders. You can't call people to something that you're not doing. Right. And so in order to be a leader who is like Jesus, we need to be a great personal follower of Jesus. And that's the most important thing we can do as leaders. 
you will never graduate from the basics. You know, even Paul said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. All of us want to be able to say that, that we're trying to follow Jesus so well that we can call other people to follow us to follow Jesus. Amen? We need to set the pace for the woman we lead. Second characteristic about Jesus. Jesus is driven by the approval of God, not the approval of people. Yeah. You know, here in verse 11, after Jesus got baptized, it says a voice came down and said, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And this was before Jesus did a single miracle yet. God approved of Jesus just because he was his son. And God loves you and approves of you just because you're his daughter. God doesn't love you based off the week you had, based off how your Bible talk is doing, based off how many people you're studying with. God loves you just because you're his. And that is so important for us to get and for us, for our security to be in this, in God. I remember my first year leading in the ministry. I walked around so insecure all the time. Honestly, even after a lot of staff meetings, I would just be like in a funk the rest of the day because I just felt so insecure. Like, what is so-and-so thinking of me? What is that older person thinking of me? And it was just eating me alive and took a lot of the joy out of ministry for me. But, you know, Jesus got his security from his relationship with God. Jesus did not get his security from leading. And I think that's a big thing for us as women, never feeling good enough. And we can just care a lot about what people think of us. We can care about what our ministry leader thinks, what our discipling partner thinks. We care about what the women we're leading think. And if we're not careful, winning the approval of others can easily become an idol. But Jesus' ambition was not about proving himself. At the end of the day, we need to care most about what God thinks of us. And that is good news because God is already your biggest fan. Godly ambition gets approval from God and not people. So we don't want to enter leading afraid of what people think and searching for approval from people. We want to be searching for God's approval, which we already have. Amen. So third characteristic of Jesus that has godly ambition is Jesus is God-reliant, not self-reliant. I'm going to read in Mark verses 12, uh, Mark 1, verses 12 and 13. It says, at once, so right from getting baptized, at once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels attended him. So just because you're a leader does not make you exempt from Satan's attacks. If anything, it heightens them. You know, kind of like how I was saying about how my last week was. Jesus was not exempt from Satan's attack, but left a great example for us to follow. And I think we need to remember as leaders that the women are watching us. They're watching how we handle grief, how we handle problems with our family, how we handle stress, how we handle discouragement. We need to handle temptation the way that Jesus did. And it says here that Jesus was led by the Spirit to go by himself into the wilderness. And so we can learn a lot about Jesus' character here. One thing is that Jesus took care of himself spiritually before he took care of others spiritually. First and foremost, Jesus was ambitious about his relationship with God. Before he went and really started his ministry work, Jesus spent 40 days fasting. 
You know, he was completely dependent on God and started his ministry in complete reliance on God. Away from the people, away from the crowds. You know, I think a lot of us here, would have, me included, would have jumped right into teaching and healing from day one. Like, yeah. all right, let's go. Let's get out there. Let's heal people. Let's teach people. But no, Jesus like went away, led by the Spirit, just him and God. Jesus focused first on being and then on doing. And I think that's huge for us as women. He first took the time to connect with God and rely on God before he went out and did the work of the ministry. And I know this can be especially hard for those of us who are moms. I know that's, it's so hard for me with the little time I have. I just want to get right to ministry, right to doing things. I'm like, no, the most important thing with my little time is me connecting with God and me being who I need to be for my husband, for my kids, and for the women I'm leading. And then, then I focus on the doing, amen? But Jesus modeled that. You know, Jesus had integrity here. He was alone. No one was watching. But he still did what was right. Godly ambition does the right thing even when no one was watching. One of the things our lead evangelist in New York, Sam Powell, always says is, is the hardest person to lead is yourself. And you know, we've, my husband and I, we've led and been a part of a lot of different leaders groups in campus over the years. And the people who always do well are the people motivated by their love for God and just want to please God. The people who lead because they want the title, the recognition, the praise, they're competitive, they want to get ahead, they usually don't make it for long. You know, we once had this girl intern with us that we were all fired up about, thought she was going to do amazing, but she just could not get along with the other interns because she was so competitive and had so much selfish ambition. And she didn't make it in leading for long, and it's sad because she was so talented. But you know, We have to imitate Jesus in this way. Jesus didn't start off preaching to the masses and performing miracles for the crowds. He started off just being led by the Spirit, fasting, being who he needed to be for God. Jesus conquered himself before he conquered the world. So the fourth characteristic of Jesus we're going to talk about is that Jesus makes an impact. We're going to continue in Mark 1. Verse 14, it says, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So Jesus here, he starts off preaching and teaching in the ministry, and his message is, Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Jesus' message was about change. He was calling people to change and repent. And that's our message as well. Our message is to teach people about Jesus and to call people to change their lives as a result of knowing him. If we're going to be leaders in God's kingdom, we need to be producing positive change in our ministries. Wherever Jesus went, he made an impact. Things changed for the better. Do you have an impact? Or do you settle for the status quo? Do you settle for only having three to five visitors at your Bible talk? Or are you willing to do what it takes to see your Bible talk have 10 to 20 visitors? Do you have low expectations for that sister who is always having inconsistent quiet times or has a pattern of falling into impurity? Or do you believe that she could change and hang in there with her and really help her using this Bible and call her higher? 
You know, godly ambition never settles. And this is something, too, that's big for leaders. Like, it's one thing to just kind of manage and help things not fall apart. But it's another thing to be able to help produce godly change in a ministry and in women's lives. And that's really what Jesus did. When he entered the town, it stirred because of him. It was different because of him. And so when we're really walking with Jesus in ministry, the same should be true for us. Godly ambition produces a positive change in your ministry. And I want to share about this woman we work with. Um, my husband and I work with. Her name is Dushana. She's amazing. And she's in the full-time ministry with us in New Jersey. And she is just a world-changing woman. You know, there was one point when she was first in the ministry where she was just overly comfortable, which I think is a big temptation for us young women to just kind of be comfortable and slip into our comfort zone and kind of just take things as, you know, like, let me not push myself too hard. Let me not, um, you know, really go out there and hurt myself. You know, <laughs> Not really, but, but, you know, but so I was kind of starting to catch on to this. And Shauna is such a spiritual woman that I was like, she's capable of like, true greatness like so much more than what she even knows and what she's like allowing herself to do right now so we had a few d times just kind of about this idea of like comfort zone and what she thinks about it and um and i didn't even know this i found out like a few years later but what she decided to do as a result of those d times was she set a goal for herself for kickoff week to share with a thousand people in three days and she did it like i didn't even know like i remember her deciding that goal and me being like, wow, and her doing it. But I had no idea that God was actually using those conversations we were having to like put that on her heart. And women became a Christian just because of those three days that she had. But you know, that's, she's a world changer. Like wherever she goes, whatever campus she's on, it is changed because Shauna was there. And the women that she impacts, they're like, like I, I actually just met a visitor at midweek and she said to me, Shauna's changed my life. This is someone that Shauna's studying with. But it's because she's so close to Jesus that she's just having a Jesus impact wherever she goes. And that's what we want to be like as women in the ministry or women who are leading in the kingdom. Amen. You guys still with me? So the fifth key about having godly ambition like Jesus is that Jesus is a visionary. So let's keep reading about Jesus's day here in verse 16. It says, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and he left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. And what I love about Jesus here is that he can see past our exterior. He saw past these fishermen and had vision for them to be fishers of men. A godly leader has vision for people. You know, there's we we work with another guy in our campus ministry who's in the full-time ministry. His name is Matt Rupert, and he's married to Brielle. And when Brielle first entered our campus ministry as a freshman, she I, I just saw something in her. She just has this light about her that makes people want to be her best friend. And she was just so pure-hearted. She, like, leading wasn't even on her radar, but she was just always bringing girls with her to Bible talk, setting up Bible studies with her friends. Like, 
you know, and I, I, I started to have a vision for her. Like, I think she could be a leader in the kingdom. And so I sat down with her and had a talk. Like, you know, I don't know if you've thought of this before, but I really think that you could be amazing. You're so gifted with people. You're such, you're so great at relationships. People want to be around you. And you know, this is things she hadn't really thought about before, but she was like, yes, let's do it. You know, and, and you know, now she's married to this awesome guy in ministry. She's in grad school, but when she graduates, they're going to, we're going to send them off somewhere in New York and be in the ministry. And, but you know, it's like, if you were to see her a few years ago, she's just, she's like this big too. She's like so little and her husband's so big and she's just like this kind of shy sweet girl and but you know she can be bold and she's like changed because of Jesus and she can she can call people to decisions and you know but that's what Jesus does is Jesus Jesus doesn't see just where we're at now he says where we could be and that's what a godly leader someone with godly ambition has to be able to call people to see the Jesus like potential in people and call them to fully live that godly ambition sees potential in people it has vision for people And Jesus was a visionary for the people he worked with. You know, another point I want to make from this passage, number six, is that Jesus is a trainer. Jesus called these men to walk with him and get trained by them. And this is the model for ministry that we should follow today. And I want to talk a little bit about this idea of getting trained, because I think for for young women in campus especially, this can be really difficult to understand. (laughs) Getting trained means to follow and learn from someone with more experience and knowledge than you. It implies, I don't know all that I need to know yet. I'm learning, I'm not there yet, I'm here to learn. That's what getting trained means. And I think that's important because sometimes I think we think when we get the title of a leader that we like should know everything already and we become not humble and we don't ask questions, we're not learning. And getting training like implies that I'm learning. Like I'm going to probably make mistakes and probably mess things up all the way, but that's part of learning and that's okay. I'm here to ask questions. I'm here to learn. So if I asked you, who is training you? Would you be able to give me a name? You know, all the disciples here, it was clear. Jesus is training me. I follow him. I ask him questions. I'm learning from him. We need that too. We need to be learning from Jesus, but also we need people training us how to be a leader in God's kingdom. Getting trained needs, it takes a lot of humility and vulnerability which can be hard for us as women. I think about Ruth and Naomi. You know, we were just talking about them in the last class. Ruth really put herself out there. And I think about how she could have made a lot of excuses not to be close to Naomi. She could have thought, Naomi's got a lot going on. She's grieving. She's moving. Like, let me not be a burden. I'll just back up. But she decided to be vulnerable. She put herself, she clung to Naomi. Like, I need you. I'm staying with you. You know, she wasn't insecure about being a burden. And I think sometimes with, um, like, people in ministry who we're getting training from, we can be insecure, like, oh, I'm just this burden. They're so busy, especially if they're, like, a wife and a mom, like, and, you know, you're a young single woman. I think that can be intimidating. But, you know, being vulnerable and humble means, like, if you're training me, like, then I'm going to go after you because I can't expect you to have time to call me because you're a lot busier than me. So I'm going to just put myself out there and ask questions. And if it takes you a day to get back to me, that's fine. I understand, you know. Yeah. But just having the humility, there should be a balance of taking initiative, aggressively going after training, but also a lot of gratitude and servitude and also trying to really love and um, be grateful for the person that is training you. 
And in college, I was trained by my campus minister, who's in the ministry and a wife and a mom. So I just kind of like jumped in with her life. Like I would um, sit with her in car in the carpool line for while she's picking up her kid. Um, she would have me. She had like um, arthritis, and so she would have me cook for her. Um, while we were having D time because her hand, like she wouldn't be able to do it. And I didn't know this, but she was like actually teaching me how to cook while doing this. And this one time too, she made me, um, she had like a rotisserie chicken and she made me scoop out like the innards of the chicken. And the, I've, I've been a vegetarian for the past six years and I joked that that was like, why? Like what turned me? But you know, like we just, I just kind of like hopped in on her life with her. And that's really what training looks like when you're a young single girl you know getting training from an older married woman with a family like you just kind of have to do life with her and in the process it's really god blessing it because you get to learn a lot about being a wife and a mom and a homekeeper in the process but if we want to grow and be a leader one day you need someone training you leaders go after other leaders find a woman who is doing what you want to be doing and make her your best friend Decide who that person's going to be. Communicate about it with them. You know, and if, if, if you are really, if you are single and it is like an older married woman who has a lot going on, just decide you're going to serve her. Like, decide you're going to do her dishes before you leave the house. Decide you're going to like offer, do you need me to watch the kids while you take a shower? Like, just really make it your mission to serve her too. But I think another big part of training is having the humility to ask a lot of questions. And we don't always like to look like we don't know what we're doing. That's hard for us. We can be afraid of making mistakes. We can be afraid to look dumb or inexperienced. We can feel like we should know this already. But these are really just thoughts from Satan. Jesus totally understood that the, the apostles were inexperienced. They asked dumb questions. And they made mistakes and they didn't know what to do. You know, no one expects you to know all the right things to do yet. That's why you're an intern, or that's why you're getting training. What is expected of you is to have humility, to be a learner, and to ask a lot of questions, because that's how you're going to grow. And the girls who grow the fastest are girls who are good at doing that. You know, when I was new in the ministry, I would ask questions. I would call the person training me, ask them questions before the Bible study, and then call after and like debrief them and ask questions about what to do next. And it really learned, it helped me learn quickly how to like deal with different things that come up in women's lives, how to be my best at helping someone become a Christian. And I still practice this a lot, even though I've been doing ministry for seven years, I feel like that's not even like an impressively long time. Like I'm still a noob. So I still call frequently about women I'm studying with and about hard situations. You know, every like week there's this something in ministry where it's like, I have never heard of this before, or done this before. So we always want to be learning. And that's something I look for in the, in the women I'm picking to train is, is she teachable? Am I going to have to chase after her? Or is she going to be willing to put herself out there to learn? And something I teach the women too that I disciple is they, they come in with like a list of things to talk about and questions. And Shauna, the girl I work with, is so good at this. I never have to like think of, uh, you know, I never have to like really draw her out. She just comes to me with so many questions about her personal life, her ministry life, her family, just everything. She's such a learner. And... So if you're, not, if you're someone who isn't naturally very transparent or doesn't ask a lot of questions, decide to really change that and work on that. 
If you don't know what kind of questions to be asking, you can ask that. <laughs> That's a good way to start. We need women who are really going to exemplify humility and vulnerability and leadership in our campus ministry. Godly ambitions trains and is trainable. Seventh characteristic of Jesus that has godly ambition is Jesus is courageous. And we're going to continue reading in Mark 1, verse 21. It says, they went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed, and they asked one another, What is this, a new teaching and with authority? He even gives orders to impure spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. So Jesus started off here teaching in the synagogue. Like This was his the first place he went to to teach. And I feel like that's bold. Like he went right where all the religious people, like all the, the people who, who were going to kill him were. He just head on went for it. You know, and then not even, not that that was, not even if that wasn't enough, like then a demon possessed man comes in, shrieking, causing a scene. You know, and for us, working with other women, like hard situations come out of nowhere. And I love how Jesus handled this. Jesus was not discouraged. He was not fearful. He just shut that demon down. A leader has to have resolve. We can't give into our emotions. We can't give way to fear. We can't give in to worrying about what people think. Being afraid of making the wrong move. A leader has to have resolve and be courageous with dealing with conflict. You know, um, in our Queens campus ministry in New York, we have a sister leading whose name is Danielle. And she is so courageous. She spends so much time out there on her own sharing her faith all day and she's recently was studying with a girl who has a lot of persecution from her family and the girl's mom came to church on sunday and even got in her face threatening her stay away from my daughter and you know if that happened to me i would probably be like sobbing for the rest of the day just totally afraid but she called me and the way she's talking about it is just she's just so at peace and so calm and she's so courageous you know and she's gonna have a lot of wisdom and you know get lots of help from elders on how to deal with that but it was just amazing to me that she wasn't like just wrecked with discouragement and fear and you know how a lot of us would have been like she was just so like Jesus like and so resolved and calm and you know just felt safe with Jesus and you know that's what I think a leader is a leader a leader is someone who is positive. A leader doesn't have an attitude. A leader doesn't get easily discouraged. And, you know, this is something that natural to us for women. A lot of us can enter the room, like, draining the energy instead of bringing the energy. <laughs> you know, we're having a bad day, and it's just, like, all over us. And, like, a, ne- a leader needs to enter the room, like, giving the energy. You know, like, Jesus kind of set the pace of faith and courage. And he didn't drain it from people. You know, a leader can't just come into the room sitting in the corner on their phone or not talking, um, 
not talking to the to people, you know, not meeting new people. Like a neener needs to come in giving yeah. with energy. Like enter the room as if Jesus would. Yeah. Leaders need to be refreshing. You know, like not a leader leaders push through their emotions. <laughs> Sorry. Leaders push through their emotions. That's something hard for me. Like I can be so tempted when I'm emotional <laughs> to want to stay home and just be emotional. Watch a Lifetime movie. You know, <laughs> leaders still show up having a bad day. Yeah. Honest about that. <laughs> Jesus always pushed through and gave. You know, um, I something too with Shauna when she was first starting out. This was something really hard for her that we had to work on. And she would sometimes like, I would show up at a study with her and she would be supposed to lead the study. And she would, like, last minute, be like, can you lead the study? I'm having my period. Or, like, can you lead it? I'm really tired. And I eventually just had to say no. Because, you know, I'm not always going to be here to sit with you in this <laughs> in this study. And she had to learn how to push through her emotions. And now it's, like, such a strength of hers. Like, she'll be having the worst week ever, and I'll never know, you know? Because she's so giving. And it's not that she's being fake. She's just being giving. And then later when we're alone, she'll be like, I'm having a really hard time. You know, but she's had, she's really grown and just pushing through what she's feeling and being giving. And when I think about women leaders in the Bible, I think about like Deborah, Esther. Like they, they were emotionally strong women. They weren't fake. They didn't like ignore what they felt. They were just faithful. And they trusted God. They let their yes be yes. They had integrity. They were courageous. They believed God would give them the victory. This is what we want to imitate as leaders. We need to also be women who are positive about our ministries. Like not talking negatively about our women. Not um, like um, comparing our ministries with other ministries in negative ways. Like we need to love the women that we're working with. Because love is so powerful. And it's really important that women feel safe and valued with us and loved by us. If we're going to lead them and have their trust. Godly ambition does not avoid conflict. And that's really what we see from Jesus here too. Godly ambition heads straight on into conflict. Like Jesus dealt head on with that demon. You know, I think something we could do as leaders too is like when you notice a sister starting to act funky, like it can be intimidating to just go up to her and help her and ask her what's going on. We can make excuses like, well, I don't really know her like that. Like right. it might be better for someone else to help her. But if you're going to like be a leader, you really have to just not be afraid and deal head on into conflict. There was once a sister in our ministry who was always just kind of shady. Like she was really isolating herself. She was in a relationship um, with a guy who was in our ministry, but then moved away and they were still in a relationship. And one time we were talking about dating. <coughs> Sorry. And she said, um, she said something that like didn't sit well with me. And I like was thinking about it all night. And then the next day I approached her and was just like, I just asked her head on, like, are you, are you guys being immoral? And they had some serious impurity on our, our relationship, in their relationship, and she just came out with it all right then. You know, but I always think about, like, what if I hadn't asked? What if I just, like, kept waiting for her to come up with it? You know, but because I asked, she was able to get the help, and, like, they both radically repented to where they were even able to go into the ministry eventually. And, you know, but that's what we have to do as leaders. We can't be afraid of conflict avoiding. We have to really be willing to get in there with women and help them. The eighth key about Jesus, Jesus is relational. And we're going to read on here in verse 29. It says, as soon as they left the synagogue, 
They went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with the fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. So here Jesus went into the homes of the disciples. I love that. They didn't just do the church things together and then go home and do their separate lives. They did life together. They were with each other's families, in each other's homes. You know, when Shauna was studying the Bible, she lived like an hour away from where I lived, like where she went home to was an hour away. And I decided I'm going to go do a Bible study with her on spring break so that I can like meet her family, see where she grew up, see where she lived and just show her that I'm really willing to like, like I want to be her friend and I'm not just around for when she's in school. And it was so funny. Shauna is Haitian and she has like a very Haitian family and um, her uncle, I guess she says this is part of like that Haitian parents are very protective. And her uncle saw me going into the house with her and wrote down my license plate number and called her mom and was like, Shana's with this white girl, I got the license plate. Like, and so it's like, but it's so funny because now it's like something we always talk about and like how funny that is. But you know, those are the things that happen like when we get in there with each other's lives, we really become friends. Yeah. And Sometimes I think we can make studying the Bible with people like a business meeting, yeah. like where all we do is study with them and like studies over. Okay, that's it. Don't talk to you again until the next study. But studying the Bible with someone should really be building a relationship. That's what Jesus did with the men he was impacting. If we want to lead like Jesus, we have to really invest in building relationships with people. And, you know, if you're in this room and you're a wife or a mom, it's important to remember that you're not just training campus leaders but you're training up future wives and moms in the kingdom. You know, I want the women to come into my home. I want, that, I want them to see my home life. I want them to see how I handle a disagreement with my husband, how I handle a temper tantrum with my toddler, because I'm training them like to be a godly wife and a mom, not just a godly ministry leader. Jesus built relationships with people. Godly ambition is relational. Number nine, Jesus is a self-starter. You guys still with me? Yeah. Okay, we just got two more. Mark 1, verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when he, they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and driving out demons. Jesus prioritized connecting with God. And I think about all the demands of Jesus' day. But he knew in order to be what he needed to be for people, he needed to connect first with God. And Jesus was a self-starter. The other guys were waiting for Jesus. You know, they came to him like, like, let the man pray, right? And they came up to him like, everyone is looking for you. And I've, I've, I've always thought like, like, you couldn't have like done, you know, like, you know what to do. Like, you've been following him around. You couldn't have done anything without him. But, you know, Jesus was the guy who was going to get out there and show people what to do. He was a self-starter. And Jesus knew his purpose. 
Like he said, this is, I have come to preach. That is why I have come. Do you know your purpose? Are you connected with your purpose? I think sometimes we can complicate ministry. You know, we think ministry, I have to be like a great preacher. I have to be great at this. I have to do this. But the heart of it is what Jesus said in verse 38. Let us go somewhere else so I can preach there. That is why I have come. The heart of it is just to go preach. Go out there and find people to preach to. And I think sometimes we could think too, like, why I, like, we want to get training, but sometimes we can rely too much on that. Like, well, I can't go out and study with someone because I don't know how. I haven't done it yet. But a lot of how I learned was just going and doing it and trying it. And, you know, if you've become a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. You have the Bible. Like, that's really most of what all you need to help someone know Jesus. And, you know, I just want you to think about why do you want to be a leader? I think sometimes people can glamorize ministry or leading in the kingdom. You know, 10% of it is glamour, like retreats and speaking and planning an awesome event. But 90% of it is just helping people become Christians and stay faithful. If you don't like sharing your faith, then you probably won't like being in the ministry. You know, if you don't like being in lots of Bible studies and helping women with their lives, you're probably not going to like it, you know? Like, it's very, 10% of it is what you see up front. 90% of it is behind the scenes, helping women in their lives. And, you know, I think about how Jesus really practiced solitude. Like, Jesus spent a lot of lonely time. And that the ministry could be, it can be a very lonely job, honestly. You know, when I was first starting off building our campus ministry as a single woman, I just shared by myself for hours on campus. And that's what our leaders, Daniel and Leslie, the, the women leading smaller ministries in New York, they're just trying to build a campus ministry. And they spent tons of hours just by themselves. And leading in the kingdom, it's, it's not glamorous. You know, Jesus' job wasn't glamorous. But it is the best job in the world because you get to use the majority of your time helping people get to heaven. You know, Leslie and Kat in Harlem, in our Harlem campus ministry, this is what they do just by themselves or together, just sharing. And they've already built their ministry from four to eight women in a very short amount of time. And what I love about Leslie is I never have to wonder, like, how Leslie is spending her time. Because she just loves people, and she's such a hard worker. She's always just out there doing the right thing, like studying the Bible with people, helping people. And because of that, God is using her, you know? But she doesn't need, like, me to stand over her and motivate her. And, like, okay, so, you know, have you, are you, you know, how's your schedule? Like, she just does it because she loves God. Yeah. And a woman with godly ambition, that's what it looks like, where you're a self-starter. You're not going to have to have people stand over you, encouraging you to do the right thing. You're just going to do it because you love God, just how Jesus did. And my last point is Jesus is compassionate. And I want to read this last interaction of Jesus and people in verse 40. It says, A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away and at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifice that Moses commanded you for your cleansing and as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Jesus was filled with compassion for people. He hurt to see people hurt. He felt angry seeing Satan win the battle with people. 
Jesus was ambitious about seeing the broken pieces of people's lives come together again. And I love that Jesus with this man with leprosy, he touched him. Like he got in there with the mess of people's lives. He wasn't afraid to have physical contact with someone who was really sick. If you're not willing or to be a people person, then you're not going to make it in ministry. Like it is, it is just getting in there in people's yeah. lives. And I'm not saying like I'm naturally an introvert. I'm not talking about personality. I'm talking about heart for people. Like we have to really be willing to have compassion on people and hurt when they hurt yeah. and get in their lives and help them. And this is something that our generation has a really hard time with. Yep. We need women who are going to see the need and meet the need. A lot of women say they want to be a leader, but they're not already doing the things that a leader does. Yeah. Like they're not really helping people and in there with people and building relationships with people. And so if you're not doing that before you're leading, your heart isn't going to magically change after you're leading. And when Jesus, you know, a leader in the Bible, it's used five times in the New Testament to those within the church. And the only time Jesus used it is when he said this. Jesus said in Luke 22:26, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them. Those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves. So Jesus, the only time he used the word leader, he was saying, don't be like the leaders. Wow. Like he's saying, you be a servant. And that's really what leading is. You know, women in the world are taught that leadership means control. Yeah. It means being your best and getting ahead, being in a position of power. But Jesus taught that leadership means willing to lower yourself, deny yourself, and put yourself first. So if you want to be a leader, think about how you're already serving. You know, are you already bringing people to Bible talk? Are you already leading Bible studies with women? Are you a good friend to the sisters in your ministry? Do you pull in people who are struggling and help them to overcome sin? Do you volunteer to serve in the ministry? Are, there, are you aware of the needs around you? Or does someone have to kind of always ask you to serve and kind of encourage you to serve? Or do you just do it naturally? Those, these are qualities that like need to already be there before we become like officially a Bible talk leader or whatever it is. I think it's important that before you look to be in a leadership position, you're already doing these things out of your love for God, not because it's now your responsibility. And it's really the tendency of the women in our generation to be inward focused. Like we're not great at relationships and at knowing how to love people and how to draw people out. And honestly, even like, I really feel like with each generation, our people skills get worse with like asking people, like, how are you being able to hold a conversation with people like this is things for young women. Like we need to be radically different from other women our age in the world, because this is Jesus. He was so great with people and drawing them out and helping them feel loved. And the women mentioned in the New Testament are lifted up for their servant hearts. Yeah. Like that's a godly character trait that God wants us to have as women. We need women are gonna, that are going to help pull together and unify women in the ministry and be encouraging and loving. This is a huge need in our campus ministries right now. If we want to be a leader in God's church, we need to be a people person. We're going to have to really work with people. We can't be someone who's constantly annoyed with people or not good at relationships. We have to learn how to be a people person how to make women feel safe and valued. 
You know, and the key here is in verse 45, like Jesus tells the man to not tell anyone what happened, but it says instead he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. And that's really like how we're going to see our ministries grow. Godly ambition sparks godly ambition. When we love like Jesus, it's irresistible. And women are just going to be flocking at the seams to be a part of our ministries. And I just want to talk for a minute too to close out about the power of Jesus. Like we've read a lot of stories now about Jesus healing, Jesus turning people's lives around. There is no wound that Jesus can't heal. There is no problem that Jesus can't fix. No demon that he can't drive out. No weakness that he can't strengthen. No struggle that he can't overcome. No ministry that Jesus can't grow. This same Jesus is with us and helping work in us in our ministries. Amen. Amen. Jesus was a man of godly ambition. Let's follow him and his ambition and see amazing things happen in our ministries. Amen. Amen.